we go. Now you can hear me. Well, let me start again. <laughs> Brothers and sisters, we are so glad that you're here this morning as part, as we have gathered as God's family here at Hebron Baptist Church. Maybe a part of your life you are far from God. Maybe you rebelled against God. But by God's grace and mercy, he makes us all part of his family through his son, Jesus Christ. Today, we get to worship God through Jesus Christ. And today, we pray as we gather, it is a welcoming of a family, God's family here together. As we begin our worship today, it is our, our, our habit to begin with Scripture. So if you would, let's stand and read Scripture together this morning. It comes from 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 12 through 19. Dear friends, don't be surprised when the fiery ordeal comes among you to test you, as if something unusual were happening to you. Instead, rejoice as you share in the sufferings of Christ, so that you may also rejoice with great joy when his glory is revealed. If you are ridiculed for the name of Christ, you are blessed because the spirit of glory and of God rests on you. Let none of you suffer as a murderer, a thief, an evildoer, or a meddler. But if anyone suffers as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God in having that name. For the time has come for judgment to begin with God's household. And if it begins with us, what will the outcome be for those who disobey the gospel of God? And if a righteous person is saved with difficulty, what will become of the ungodly and the sinner? So then, let those who suffer according to God's will entrust themselves to a faithful creator while doing what is good. Amen. Let's rejoice together and our Savior Jesus Christ. Come and stand before your Maker, full of wonder, full of fear. Come behold His power and glory, yet with confidence draw near. For the One who holds the heavens and commands the stars above, is the God who bends to bless us with unreal
has carried up the hill. He has walked this path before us. He is walking with us still. Turning tragedy to triumph, turning agony to praise. There is blessing in the battle, so take heart and stand amazed.
Good morning again. Yeah, very good. Good to see you this morning. I am Pastor Sean, and I am glad that you're here as we worship Christ together. Uh, thankful so much for Mark preaching the word last week for me, and, and uh, so glad to be back after a week of vacation, and glad that you're here, that we get to worship Christ together. We at Hebrew Baptist Church want to ask you and invite you, encourage you, help you to take your next steps in Christ. So if you're here today, uh, we're glad that you're here. We hope that you take your next steps in Christ, whatever that may be. Maybe it's uh, into relationship with Jesus. Maybe it's into a life group or a D group. Or maybe it's in some way sharing the gospel or taking your next steps in your Bible reading plan. Whatever that is, we're here to encourage you, help you grow as a Christian and help us be faithful believers together. And we're glad that you're here. Guests, we are so glad that you are here this morning. Uh, we hope that you feel welcome. Uh, we hope that you would, this morning, fill out a Connect card this morning. And I think we have two ways to do that, right? We have the scan on the pew, right? Uh, so right in front of you somewhere should be a way for you to scan a QR code to fill out a Connect card this morning. We want to welcome you and connect with you, especially if this is your first time with us this morning. Please fill that out, and once you fill it out, just show it to our Next Steps desk. Go through the double doors to the immediate left, uh, because if it's your first time with us this morning, we want to give you a gift. And so please make sure that you fill that out this morning. Uh, and uh, also, if you're not tech savvy, there's also a paper copy there that you can do as well. So we hope that you will connect with us, and we are glad that you're here. We're here to serve you, welcome you, and help you uh, transition here into a family of Christ here at Hebron Baptist Church. Today, we want to be reminded of a couple of things. You wonder why this, uh, they don't keep keep up here around the church they just left a, a chair hitting sitting here we have a chair here to remind us all this summer that who is our one who is that we're going to fill a seat beside us here at Hebron Baptist Church to invite to church this summer and to bring with us and so that's why this chair is here so we want to be reminded of that mission and opportunity to do this summer we also we didn't just leave shoes here and the, the rapture didn't come and we didn't get left behind uh, these are uh, to remind us of the Browning family uh, that they are on mission they are going to encourage and have a have a championing uh, mission trip down in Buenos Aires with our Richards family who we've sent out uh, to the mission field and we want to pray for them and especially pray for the Brownings as they have had a very horrible travel experience they missed their flight Friday night so they're down in Miami and uh, they're stuck there their their luggage went on to Buenos Aires and so you know um, you know Derek's wearing his jogging pants on the sand down in Miami, I think. No, I'm just kidding. They didn't do that. But they've had a very rough trip. We want to be remembering them as they travel the rest of the way. We th I think tonight and tomorrow. And so let's remember them and pray for them. And so we're going to spend time praying. It is our, our uh, habit to pray together because we are God's people. And that's what God calls us to be is a house of prayer. So we're going to pray for ourselves, we're going to pray for the world, we're going to pray for the Brownings and missionaries, and so if you would, would you join me in prayer this morning. Heavenly Father, we are thankful to gather as God's people in your house, and we're thankful for the gift of family that is Hebron Baptist Church. We're thankful that Hebron Baptist Church sets the value of intentional discipleship as something that is, that is important to each individual 
but us as a church collectively. Lord, I'm thankful that, that we understand the, the value of what your word calls us to baptize and teach all the things that Jesus, you have given us. And so, Lord, we know that we need to be discipled, encouraged, held accountable, uh, taught and encouraged along our way of life as we look more and more like you, Jesus. So, Lord, we're thankful for the relationships that you give us. We know, Lord, right now that life groups are on pause, D groups are in pause, but we know that those relationships are important. And I know and pray that we have a deep sense of uneasiness right now because those relationships are on pause, that we have the sense and knowing that we need to get back together, that we need to be as discipling and discipleship relationship with one another. Lord, we are thankful for your call to do this. And Lord, I pray that more of us would be looking for more relationships, mentoring opportunities, and opportunities to lead even our children and our friends and others into discipleship and looking more like your son, Jesus Christ. Heavenly Father, I, I lift up the Brownings. I pray, God, as, we, as they have had a horrible uh, first couple of days, we pray, God, that this would not ruin their trip, but instead, God, that uh, even as we uh, pray, uh, read today that, that, how, that we should be reminded that, that there will be troubles in life. And so, Lord, I pray that, that there would be a deep sense of peace and that you're in control of even these days. And that when they get down to the Richards and Buenos Aires, that they were, they're just a gift of peace and joy to the Richard family, an encouragement for them and their gospel ministry, uh, that the kids are being able to rally around Hannah and Kinley and that they get to see friendly faces that they've missed. Lord, I just pray that this is just an encouraging work for our missionaries, the Richard family, that Lord that as they are beginning a gospel work of a potential church, that this is just a, a buoy of encouragement, a wind in their sails uh, from you, Lord. And so I pray that all these travel problems will go quickly away and that, that you will refresh their spirit, Lord, and help them be a sense of joy and peace to the Richard family. Heavenly Father, we just want to lift up those in our midst. Uh, Lord, we, we, we do lift up the Davis family as they are in a joyful time uh, but also a trying time we pray for Jamie's mother who's had a heart uh, surgery this week uh, and has had a difficult road to recovery but we also pray and are excited about the birth of their grandson that they that James Harrison came into the world we know that every life is from you and so Lord we celebrate with them for this new life we pray for Taylor and Alex in these new days and especially for Alex as she recovers but we celebrate with Jim and Jamie of being grandparents and we celebrate with Linda being a great-grandmother we are so excited for this family and the joy that you have given them Lord we also uh, lift up um, Audrey Conrad Lord we lift up this morning we know that she he, she's lost her son Donnie this week we pray Lord that the immense sense of grief that she has from losing both her sons her husband in the last year Lord we just pray that Lord we can rally around her and encourage her during these difficult times that Lord you would be a fresh sp uh, spirit of encouragement to her that Lord we're 
we all get the sense, and especially for her, get the hope and power of the resurrection of Jesus. That is in this time of grief that we're reminded that death is not the end, but the beginning of eternity. And so, Lord, we are thankful for the sacrifice of Jesus and the hope that we all have for eternity and the resurrection of your son, Jesus. God, we also come to you knowing that we have also failed on many ways in discipleship. We have not uh, done our personal discipleship, being in the word and, and, and in prayer, that we, are, we have uh, been lax in gathering together as God's people in life group and D group, that there are times that we've maybe put other priorities instead of those things. And so, Lord, I pray this morning that you would forgive us knowing that these are important for us as you sharpen us and encourage us uh, as your people. So, Lord, we know that we have failed in this and in many different ways. But, God, we are so grateful that you do not leave us and keep us away, that we do not fail you, but instead, through your Son, Jesus, you have brought us near, forgiven us. And the hope that we have is that we confess these with with our heart, we know that, God, you are faithful and able to forgive. It is the gospel that frees us. It is the gospel that forgives us. And, Lord, we are thankful for our hope in that very gospel. We ask that you remind us of this, but encourage us to greater things. In Jesus' name, all God's people said, well, may this hope of the Scripture be an, an encouragement and buoy to our hearts as we know that we have failed God, but God is our rock the one and all of our salvation is based on from second samuel chapter 22 verse 2 through 7 the lord is my rock my fortress and my deliverer my god my rock where i seek refuge my shield the horn of my salvation my stronghold my refuge and my savior you save me from violence i called to the lord who is worthy of praise and i was saved from my enemies for the waves of death engulfed me the torrents of destruction terrified me the ropes of sheol entangled me the snares of death confronted me i called to the lord in my distress i called to my god from this temple he heard my voice and my cry for help reached his ears we're thankful for the hope and the help that god gives us through his son jesus christ and as we've been studying through some of the psalms this summer, it seems appropriate to learn to sing some of them. So we're going to learn a new song this morning. Would you stand to your feet? Uh, it's very singable, hopefully, as, as you kind of get a sense of the tune. Just feel free to jump in and, and sing with us.
I sought the Lord in my day of trouble. I had were continually lifted up all night long. I refused to be comforted. I think of God. Meditate my spirit. You have kept me from closing my eyes. I am troubled and cannot speak. I consider days of old, years long past. At night, I remember my music. I meditate in my heart, and my spirit ponders. Will the Lord reject forever and never again show favor? Has his faithful love ceased forever and his promise at an end for all generations? Has God forgotten to be gracious? Has he be in anger withheld his compassion? So I say, I am grieved that the right hand of the Most High has changed. I remember the Lord's works. Yes, I will remember your ancient wonders. I will reflect on all you have done and meditate on your actions. God, your way is holy. What God is great like God? There, you are the God who works wonders. You revealed your strength among the people. With power, you redeemed your people, the descendants of Jacob and Joseph. The water saw you, God. The water saw you, it trembled. Even the depths shook. The clouds poured down water. The, the storm clouds thundered. Your arrows flashed back and forth. The sound of your thunder was in the whirlwind. Lighting lit up the, lightning lit up the world. The earth shook and quaked. Your way went through the sea. Your path through the vast water. But your footprints were unseen. You led your people like a flock by the hand of Moses and Aaron. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we come to you from different stations and places in life. We all may be coming with different aspects of life that we are going through seasons, some seasons of trouble, some through seasons of pain. From some through seasons of joy, some through seasons of apathy, some through seasons of discouragement. But Lord, we come to you knowing that you are a God who cares, and that your son was sacrificed for us. And in this truth, you have given us and shown us that you care, that you give us your word that we can come to and be encouraged by. Lord, as we come to the word that you have given us, we pray that you would put it deep within our heart and our soul, that we might be changed by you today as we have gathered here, and that we might never be the same again. And as we leave this place, we are encouraged, fitted, faithful to serve you. We ask this in Jesus' name. Well, I tell people often, and, and some people might even be embarrassed to even admit this, but I'll admit it. I learned a lot from cartoons growing up. How, how do I know uh, some of the greatest works of music ever? From the episodes of Bugs Bunny when he was the conductor of the symphony. When Tom and Jerry were playing, Tom was playing the piano and Jerry was running across the keys. I, I learned great music that I would have never learned otherwise through cartoons. 
But there were things that I learned that I didn't understand until I experienced them myself. You know, when Tom or Jerry or someone hit, you know, hit their thumb with a hammer, and they would turn all sorts of different colors in pain. I just thought that, that well, that was funny, that was cute, until I did it myself. And I felt every color go through my body when I hurt myself. Maybe you have experienced that same thing. Well, in the same way, we, we know in the cartoons, whatever they were experiencing, they changed that color, right? That if they were angry, uh, you know, uh, uh, shoot, uh, Foghorn Leghorn or, or one of the old cartoons would get mad and they would turn red from the bottom of their toes to the top and then the steam would come out of their ears and so if they were turn yellow if they were scared or white if they were scared they would turn all these colors well fascinating enough we feel those colors sometimes don't we we know that we have those feelings the Psalms help us see all the colors and feelings that God has given us and how that we can come to him for the answers for all those feelings. Now the Psalms, if you come to them and you're a person that everything has gone right in your life, everything has been smooth, you think everything's great, you're just California cool, you might read the Psalms and not get it one bit. You might think, what in the world that songs of lament that he's talking about today, uh, crying out to God in the depths of my soul? And you said, I mean, you might come to it and say, what in the world did King David and his friends, his emo friends, just get together and just have a jam session and hit record on a tape player and just record all these crazy feelings like Eeyore and, and just do some weird stuff. What is this feeling? Well, you might not understand the Psalms, but for those of us who've experienced difficult trials, deep pain, discouraging nights, sleepless nights, all the colors of feelings and emotions that are both good and bad when you page through the psalms you're like i get this because i felt this way and the psalms help us to see that god gives us these wonderful god rails to come to him with all the emotions and the doubts and the concerns that we might have we might have the same feelings that Asaph penned this psalm at the beginning that in the day of trouble that I groaned, I became weak, I needed comforted. Did God forget? Did, did all these different things. But the psalms tell us in this wonderful way that we can come to God, not doubt that he's listening, but instead come to him and find the answers that we can come to him and know that God saying don't clean it all up don't 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 fix all these things but come all of these feelings bring this mess to me bring all of this you don't have to pre-sort everything before you come to me just bring it all because first Peter 
5, 6-7 reminds us to humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that he may exalt you at the proper time, casting all your cares on him, because he cares about you. This is the writer of the psalm is telling us, that you don't have to be a hero. You don't have to be, have your chin up all the time. You don't have to smile. You don't have to put the glossy Christian picture up. You don't have to be strong. You can fall in the arms of God. The Psalm of Asaph shows that we can bring all our cares to God because He cares for us. And in this Psalm, we learn three truths that God, God cares for. So if you're taking notes on the bulletin or in your app or something on your phone, number one, God cares for you. So tell the Lord what you feel. God cares for you, so tell the Lord what you feel. The reality is, is when we read this psalm, we see the psalmist is going through a difficult season. Asaph states in his confidence is that God will hear his, his prayer, that he understands that God will listen to him and give an ear to him. This prayer is in accordance to God's character, knowing that he is coming and saying, God, you will hear me. That God's faithful purposes and boundaries of the questions that God will not forsake his people. Asaph asks the questions, though, and speaks and shows all the feelings that he has. In verse 2, he sought the Lord in his day of distress. His hand outstretched, soul-refusing comfort. In verse 3, he describes how remembering God caused him to be in an uproar. I groan. That is what the Hebrew word is, a groan. It's a, I am actually in a uproar about what is going on in the later part of verse 3 my spirit is weak verse 4 through 6 he describes the description of a sleepless night look you kept me from closing my eyes I am troubled I cannot speak all night I am remembering my music my spirit is pondering what is going on here have you ever felt like this I have stayed up at night replaying some events of the day or, or putting my fears in something that hasn't come yet. Or maybe I've just felt all these feelings and I know that I'm groaning and the question is, is it God there? The great Charles Spurgeon, maybe some of you know him, some of you don't. He's a great pastor in London known as the Prince of Preachers, Hundreds of pastors were trained by him. Hundreds of people came to Christ under his ministry. He had an orphanage that impacted people's lives. But in his impact, many of you might not know, he dealt with severe depression. He had ailments, gout, and other things that he struggled with that would put him through many times of depression and so when he would read this just as we would read this we would come to it and say hey this psalmist feels like I do 
And Spurgeon said, some of us know what it is, both physically and spiritually, to be compelled to use these words. No respite has been afforded us by the silence of the night. Our bed has been a rack to us. Our body has been in torment and our spirit in anguish. Alas, my God, the writer of this exposition, wells know what thy servant Asaph meant. For his soul is familiar with the way of grief. Deep glens and lonely caves of soul depressions, my spirit knows full well of your awful glooms. Asaph really exposed the rawness and emotions of his heart. The first six verses contain 20 references to me, mine, or I, and only six addressing God. But the good news in all of this is, is Asaph was releasing what he felt, and he was bringing it to God for answers. How often do we feel this way, but we don't go to God? Maybe you have the personality of what I like to call the ticking time bomb. That when something is wrong, what do you do? You stuff it down inside and you don't tell anybody about it. And then the next thing happens. What do you do? You stuff it down inside and you don't tell anybody about it. And then sooner or later, all of a sudden, you keep pushing, you keep pushing, you keep pushing. You're the ticking time bomb and all of a sudden you go to the pantry and there's no mac and cheese. And everybody in the house pays for it because the bomb has gone off. The dog, the kids, your spouse, everybody's in trouble because you have not told anybody what's going on in your life. Well, friends, God cares for you. And he wants to hear these things from you. The good news about Hebrew Baptist Church, we give you relationships that you should be telling these people too, things to, your D group or your life group. If even not those, you have a God that you can carry these emotions to. We're not, maybe you're going through these problems, or maybe worse, how about we go to the person who can solve them? It's all right if you're hurt. There's nothing wrong with expressing it. Psalm 34, 18 says, the Lord is near to the brokenhearted and he saves those crushed in spirit but we can't stop there we can't just have those feelings and then let them out because as a Christian what we're called to do is find the difference between our feelings and facts what we feel in our sinful spirits is not always the facts and the truth of God. So we can't just stop in releasing our spirits. We must go to God. We 
which leads us to number two. God cares for you, so ask the Lord to strengthen your faith. God cares for you, so ask the Lord to strengthen your faith. You see, when we come to him, we, we're coming to him to say, here's what I'm feeling, God. Now help me. Now help me see this rightly. One of the great truths we see in the Psalms and in this Christian life is conversations with God. That we can give and take and go back and forth and by God's grace we see that we are called to come to him for answers this is what the psalmist did as you read through verse 6 and then verse 7 you see that he says will the Lord reject me forever and never again show me favor will his faithful love cease forever will his promises end for all generations you know, he, he's thinking this. Is, this all, is this the end? But then we come in verse 11 and 12. It's like something changes. When he was saying verse 11, he said, I, verse before, he's like, I cry aloud, I refuse to be comforted, I groan, I am troubled, I cannot speak. And then in verse 11, I will remember the works of the Lord. I will remember your ancient wonders. I will reflect on all you have done and meditate on your actions. What's changing? Well, he's no longer looking at himself. He's beginning to look to God. Look at all these changes in verse 13 through 15. All the I's, the me's, are replaced by you. You, God, you are, have done these things. You have redeemed your people. Your way is holy. Your works are wondrous. You revealed your strength. All these things happen. What is, what is Asaph, what is the psalmist doing? What is God inspiring in him? Turn to me. He's believing. He's fighting the fight of faith. He's, he's going against his feelings. He's not boasting in himself. He's not chest-thumping where he was before. He's instead eyes up and looking to God for help. We hear him say, I am troubled and cannot speak, but he actually keeps speaking. He keeps saying, God, this is how I feel, but God, I need you to, I know you, I know you've got this under control. I know your works are great. I know your ways are right. Let me, help me figure this out. I need you to strengthen me right now. And isn't this where we are when we get to this point? So let's just realize, we acknowledge and admit our emotion, and we finally, what's the next step? Go to God for the facts and the reality for what is real that we have someone else help us encourage us to believe that he's got all of this planned and everything will be all right 
we do this all the time. We, we need encouragement. That's why God's given us brothers and sisters in Christ, that we go to them, that we have them encourage us and, and, and help us and pray for us and encourage us. But we can go to God for these things. We need someone that will come alongside us and help us to fight the fight of faith. That we need someone that goes alongside of us or even in front of us to say, everything's going to be all right. I mean, we need this encouragement all the time. Just this past week, we spent a few days at my uh, Sarah's dad or my father-in-law's lake house. And their deck is a double-decker deck. And the top deck is about 25 or so feet off the water, depending upon the water level. And one of the things that Franklin and his age cousins do is a rite of passage is to jump off the top dock on into the water so this is a large jump and and so this is what everybody does adults teenagers this is something you've got to show that you're man or woman enough to do it well one of the cousins didn't want to do it they were she was scared she didn't want to do it so i said come on you you can do this so what she said well i'll do it if you do it <sighs> So I, I then have to go do it. Much to Sarah's chagrin, she's like, you're back, Sean, and you're, you're going to get hurt. And I, gotta, I can do this. I, I'm manly enough. I can do this. I can do this for my, my niece to make sure that she can see that this is okay. And so I do it. Praise the Lord, no injury. And at first, she, she kind of reneged on our deal. She wasn't going to still do it. But eventually, she did it. Why? Because Uncle Sean didn't die in the process. They knew, she knew that everybody else had gone, and everybody else had done it, and everybody came out okay, and it's okay. And this is what the Lord does to us. He reminds us everything's going to be okay that he encourages our faith that when we day and night are calling on him that that we know this good news that god is listening to us but encouraging us in our faith encouraging us to be faithful encouraging us to turn to him it's interesting because it reminds me of a story in scripture when um when there was a child who uh, needed healing and they came to Jesus and there has this response that if you remember the father said Jesus I know you're the answer but I need you to help me in Mark chapter 9 verse 21 through 24 it says how long has this been happening to him Jesus asked the father from childhood he said and many times it was thrown him in the fire, so he's possessed by a demon. He's thrown him into a fire or water or destroy him. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. And Jesus said to him, if you can, everything is possible for the one who believes. Immediately the father of the boy cried out, I do believe, help my unbelief. How real is your Christianity that you express itself in this way to God and running to him 
in your trials, raw and real to him, and to say, even this, God, help my unbelief right now. Help me. I know that you have this. I know you are my rock and fortress. I know you're working things all out for your glory and for my good. And I know in the end this is not going to matter in all of eternity, but I need you to help me have faith. And we need to know that in the light of what even the rest of Scripture says, that we know that we have the hope in God that he will answer us. That we can come to God even in this feeling and come to him and know that he will help us in our faith, encourage us in our walk, help us in our difficult times. But friends, may we not overstep and forget here that this is not possible without Jesus. Without Jesus, we can't come to God in this way that this cannot happen apart from Jesus. We can't do the Jesus runaround and get to God. This is why the holy God sent his son Jesus to die on the cross for our sins so that we may have access to him. Jesus says in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father but through me. This is why we know we need Jesus and that we are so cared for by God that he has made a way for us to come to him. That Jesus came so that our sin would no longer separate us from God. That Jesus went to the cross and paid for our sins. That he rose from the dead. That so whoever believes has eternal life, sins forgiven, and a father who is available right now and every emotion and color that you're experiencing and to do that you must trust in Christ and with a relationship with Christ you can begin to turn to God in times of need and the good news is that those of us who have received Jesus have access to the Father all the time and so number three God cares for you. So worship the God who is mighty to save. Worship the God who is mighty to save. Look at this way that the psalmist progresses through these emotions. Verses 1 through 9, he is, does not know where answers will come from. How is he going to get through this? Verse 14 through 20, we see he begins to turn the corner and come to answers for God, the right place to come to. Friends, don't go to your unsaved friends. Don't go to horoscopes. Don't go to the, the culture. Don't go to the places who will lead you down wrong paths. Go to God for the truth in your emotions. Go to his word. See how they are. Not uh, Don't try to take your emotions and try to fancy them around but instead let your the word help you see why you're feeling these things so that you can advance through them rightly but then understand where did he land he began to worship God who is mighty to save and to remind himself that 
God has worked to save through all of history. The last stanza of Psalm 77 carries the theme introduced in the stanza 5. It is really the exodus. It is the story of the exodus. In verse 14 to 15, your works uh, wonders. You revealed your strength among your peoples. With power you redeemed your people, the descendants of Jacob. And then he explodes with how the water saw you, God. The water trembled. Even the depths shook. The clouds poured down water. The storm clouds thundered. Your arrows flashed back and forth. The sound of your thunder was in the whirlwind. Lightning lit up the world. The earth shook and quaked. Your way went through the sea. Your path went through the vast water. But your footprints were unseen, and you led your people like a flock by the hand of Moses and Aaron. These themes, these, these things, some of this we know, we understand that when he's talking about the Exodus, it is the crossing of the Red Sea in Exodus 14, that there was a cloud that came between the Israelites and the Egyptians and that the strong uh, east wind that drove them back in the water and it is reflected here in this picture that Asaph is painting. Some of it, we know that the water trembled. It was obeying God, that the depths was shut down, that there was thunder coming out of that, maybe the smoke or from that moment, that the whirlwind, the, the wind was, the whole earth was quaking. Now, some of these details we don't know because it's not listed in Exodus 14. We don't know if this was memories that were passed down from the generations. We don't know if this were in, in the point of embellishment of the incident to show that God's mighty presence was there. But whatever the case, this, this manifestation of God's power has been shown down through the generations of a God who is mighty to save. That a God who started by faith in them trusting him to follow Moses and Aaron to begin a new exodus, a new covenant, a new provision in, in a new wilderness so that they would come under him as God's people. But we as Christians know that this is the foretaste of a familiar thing that we know in the exodus of death and resurrection of Jesus that on the other side of the cross and the grave that we were carried through by Jesus by faith so that we're on the way to the new Jerusalem, that we have a new hope, that we have a new life. And our, as Christians, we read back in this and we are reminded of the salvation event of the cross of Jesus Christ, of these lessons that are even bolder and even more amazing. And if Asaph is trusting God in his word, can conclude that God is affirming to be a faithful shepherd who led his people, that we as God's people can trust him, we can look at the cross of Jesus and say the same. And that in the same way in verse 20, you led your people like a flock by the hand, not just Moses and Aaron, but of your son Jesus 
Since God has sent his own son to redeem us by his blood, and since we know that Jesus reigns in heaven until he soon returns, we can trust him to be our good shepherd as well. You know, those who struggle with depression and and deep-seated loss, one of the things that happens is we, those forget to see the light, the, the good things that are going around them. All they see is their self. They don't see others. They don't see God's hand at work. They don't see the, the ways that people are reaching out to them. And Asaph, as he goes through this journey, is learning to look to God who is mighty to save. And friend, when you are in these difficult emotional states when we are in despair and distressed and calling out we can find a God who cares and who is mighty to save and that he's not only mighty to save but willing to save and he's willing to save you in the midst of your trial so maybe your reaction today, maybe your response to God and his word today is that you are not in relationship with him and that you reach out by faith, repent and believe and trust in him and come under the care of the shepherd. Today that you trust and believe in him and you begin a relationship of walking with God through every season, highs and lows and midways and everything in between. For those of you who are believers, we need to be reminded that God cares for you and is your hope in all things. Have you trusted in him for salvation? Have you trusted in him for forgiveness of sins? If you've done that, then trust him with everything in your life. Every emotion, every trial, every problem, everything. Don't just put him in a box and set him over here to remember something that happened a long time ago, but instead to have a relationship with Jesus, be reminded that he, if he's mighty to save, he's mighty to be active in all things in your life. The Heidelberg Confession was written in the 16th century to help train younger believers and children in the ways of God and in question one it asks this what is your only comfort in life and death I think this is a good question and this is the, the question and the answer that's happening here in Psalm what is my hope in life all the emotions everything that I'm going through what is my hope and the question goes further what is my hope in life and death the answer that I'm not my own but belong with body and soul, both in life and in death, to my faithful Savior, Jesus Christ. He has fully paid for all my sins with his precious blood and has set me free from all the power of the devil. He also preserves me in such a way that without the will of my heavenly Father, not a hair can fall from my head. Indeed, all things must work together for my salvation. 
Therefore, by his Holy Spirit, he also assures me of eternal life and makes me heartily willing and ready from now on to live for him. Friends, for us as Christians, when we're going through all emotions and events and problems, we know our hope and life is Jesus Christ. And even greater, even in death, Jesus is our hope. So friend, please understand today, God is a God who cares. Take everything to him. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this reminder from your word today from the writings of Asaph to be reminded of it's okay to bring our emotions and trials to you but that we come for answers not doubts but instead to be reminded of how we might rightfully understand these things Heavenly Father thank you for your word and, and to be put into a people at Hebrew Baptist Church that we have these relationships that we can be buoyed to, but we know that our ultimate hope is you. So Lord, I pray this morning that we are reminded of these good truths. We pray for someone here who might not know you, that they would turn to you in faith. And we pray for someone who's going through one of those crazy colors of emotions right now. May they see you as the answer. May they see you as the one to come to. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you stand here? Let's make this confession together that we need him every moment of every day. I need
Hannah, what's your favorite thing about school? Hannah, what's your favorite thing about school? I like almost everything, but I like hockey. You play hockey? What kind of hockey yeah. do you play? Field hockey. Field? Um, what's your favorite thing about your school? Soccer. Soccer. You like to play soccer? You go to soccer classes on Thursdays. Sorry, Kinley, do they call it soccer in Argentina? No, they call it football. Football. Why is it important to be a part of a healthy Bible teaching local church, even for you as missionaries. Yeah, uh, it's 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 important to um, to worship with other believers. It's it's important for us because we need uh, we need to be poured into just as much as uh, as other people need us to to minister to them. We need we need to be part of a body of believers to uh, to worship together and. And to and to serve others alongside, and so uh, it's definitely important to us to be a part of a church here. But also, uh, hopefully, one day soon we will be able to start a church. But we would still be part of this new church that that we would start. So, why is it hard to find a church in Buenos Aires? Because in Buenos Aires, a lot of the places that you go are just restaurants or somewhere. Mm. And then there's also a bunch of places that look like churches, but they're actually not in that. So we as a family know that it's important for our family, whether we're in Kentucky or in Argentina, to be part of a Bible-believing and Bible-teaching church. And so when our church that we were a part of uh, began to teach something different than what the Bible teaches, um, we just knew that it was time for us to make a change. Um, and really that was a, a interesting time because the Lord also showed us that he had work for us to do that he then encouraged us to get to that work. And so knowing that it's important to be part of a Bible teaching church, uh, we know that we also want to plant churches that are Bible teaching as well. So uh, as we get to making new churches or starting new churches, just like fund the, what we know is important, that the church teach the Bible, we start with the Bible so that we can teach the Bible. And I think as Hannah said, so as we teach others, they can teach others what the Bible teaches. opportunity to check in with the Richards family and we've sent the Brownings down there so pray for them for a good week and as they've started uh, the work of planning a church there and some believers that could potentially be a church and what they're working through we're excited about what God's doing and see how they see how church is vital to them and their work there as well as for them as a family. So we need to continue to lift them up in prayer. Guests, we're glad that you're here today. We hope that you'll feel welcome. If you have any questions, ask the people around you. See one of our ushers, especially go to our Next Steps desk. Hopefully you've had time to fill out that Next Steps or the uh, 
Connect card. Uh, you can do that digitally, although they might have one there for you at the desk. We want you to get your gift if, you, if it's your first time today, so we hope that you'll go down there. I will be there. If anybody would like prayer or just talk about next steps, about maybe baptism or trusting in Christ or where that uh, might lead you, or maybe you need some just some counsel, I'll be hanging around that area as well. Also, just felt led to remind you we have those counseling uh, <clears throat> resources that you may have. Maybe you know someone that's going through some deep emotions. Maybe one of those books might be helpful for you to hand out to them or for you for yourself. So I remind you about those today. Uh, <clears throat> today, Gospel to Every Home is 4 to 6. We'll be doing that through July. So July 30th, this will be kind of our summer session. Uh, we had two teams go out last week. We hope we can have some more teams go out today. So if you're free from 4 to 6 today, put on the sunscreen, get a hat, and uh, go out today as we knock on doors and uh, invite people to church, but to relationship to Jesus Christ. So four to six today, we hope that you can make it. If you can't make it this uh, today, come maybe next week or the week after uh, through July. Uh, uh, we want to remind you <clears throat> and correct something that's in the bulletin. August 13th will be our life group renewal. We are going to focus that whole day on uh, being involved in life groups together on campus and off campus. We're going to have a special speaker here on worship on Sunday morning and from 4 to 6 we want everybody whether you're a leader or just someone who attends a life group to come and we want to do like a little kind of like a snack uh, hors d'oeuvre potluck so that we can snack while we're learning and talking together uh, that's 4 to 6 on August 13th and so we encourage you to come for that and so that is a correction from your bulletin on that date and then just so that you know discipleship launch will be August 30th. We'll have sign-ups for life groups and D groups. Those will all start August 20th. We will also have our back-to-school bash that evening. So a lot going on the August 20th, uh, open to children and families through the community uh, as we celebrate uh, or, uh, I guess, mourn going back to school, one or the other. But we're going to do something fun as we get back to school. So uh, those are a couple things to remind you about. We come to the point of our service where we've worshiped, we've sang, we've prayed, all these things. The scriptures also teach us to give. So this is a time to be a reminder to give. You can give by scanning that QR code there or on your pews to give electronically or as the offering plates as they come around. So let me pray uh, as we begin that time now. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the opportunity to give back from what you have given to us we know, Lord, that you command us to give, and this is an opportunity to overflow in our thankfulness for you in the ways that you have given to us, that we get to support, encourage, and send missionaries to the ends of the earth, and we're thankful for the givers that already give, and we encourage those as we do to give today. And we, Lord, we are thankful for the offering that we're receiving from you, for you. In Jesus' name, amen.